You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope your guys' Christmas weekend was fantastic. Got all the gifts you wanted under the tree. Hope you guys had fun with your family and friends over the long weekend. And thank you for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty of BYU football and basketball chatter ahead on today's show. We'll recap how the Diamond Head Classic rounded out for BYU basketball. We'll also talk about BYU football, our position group D briefings begin with the quarterback position. How did Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover, and the rest of the group fare during the 2020 season? Our position group debriefings looking back at 2020 as well as a peek ahead ahead on today's podcast as well as all the other BYU sports news from the long weekend as well. It's all brought to you today by our title sponsor that is our friends over at Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, without further ado, though, here on this Monday, let's get going. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 27th, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a quick reminder for you guys as we round out the year, we've had a record-breaking year here on the podcast, our third year of our existence, and it's only been the best yet, and the best is yet to come. Let's be honest about this, but please continue to share this with your family and friends. I know there's still a lot of parties going on with New Year's upcoming. Please make sure if you have BYU fans family, uh, fans, their friends, whatever it might be, make sure to share this podcast with them and tell them, hey, this is a daily conversation about BYU sports and they can get it right there on their mobile device, their phone, iPad, whatever they got, a tablet. It's really, really simple to listen to. And thank you for your support, as always, of the podcast. Hope you guys had a fantastic long weekend. I took Friday off of the podcast for Christmas Eve because I was out of town. I went up uh, Weber Canyon, I guess you technically call it, up to Eden, Utah, and spent some time with family. And it was a great, great time. So I hope you guys had a fantastic holiday weekend yourselves. Got a lot of the gifts, or I guess all of the gifts is what I hope, that you wanted under the tree and had fun with your family and friends, deleting some, uh, deleting, eating some delicious food. I tried to put deleting delicious and eating together and ended up with deleting. So my apologies for that. But nonetheless, hope you guys had a fantastic holiday and Merry Christmas to all of you out there. And obviously we'll be talking about the new year here as we get towards the end of this week and the new year coming in 2022. All right, let's get going here on today's show and start off with BYU basketball. They rounded up playing the Diamond Head Class. I thought in overall positive fashion by beating uh, Liberty on Christmas Day, 80-75. to A nice victory there. Uh, as it was, BYU technically could claim that they are the second-place team in the Diamond Head Classic because both the University of Hawaii as well as Stanford both had to bow out of their Christmas Day matchups in the Diamond Head Classic due to COVID issues. Stanford was slated to play in the championship game against Vanderbilt, who BYU lost to on the 23rd. And folks, I am still upset 
upset that Alex Barcelo did not get that call at the end of that game. He got absolutely hammered from two sides by two different Vanderbilt players, and the fact that that ref swallowed his whistle just, it irks me to no end. You can call all kinds of fouls all game long, and in the most critical moment, you're going to swallow that whistle? Okay, we have a problem. But nonetheless, BYU plays in the third place match, and I guess technically they are third place because they didn't make the championship game, but the fact that they won that third place game against Liberty, I thought had some very, very good things in it. None bigger than the big man in the middle, Fusini Triore, making his first career start for BYU as they shuffled the lineup once again. He replaced Atiki Ali Atiki in the starting lineup, and he had a game, folks. 19 points, just absolutely lighting it up on the interior. I'm telling you, Fusini Traore, they list him at six foot seven, I think, on the roster, but if he's more than six foot five, I'd be stunned. But that dude plays like he's six foot nine. Uh, I'm telling you, I think he is the next guy that's the Kena Young type. And any of you who know who Kena Young was, a former Mountain West Conference player of the year for BYU. A guy that played much larger than his stature. I'm telling you, Fusini Traore, for a true freshman, he is a polished, polished product. More importantly, 13 rebounds it felt like. Though Every one of those rebounds absolutely critical for the Cougars. 7 of 8 from the free throw line. What a starring performance for that freshman. A double-double in a third-place game against a high-level opponent. Liberty was the 7th uh, NCAA tournament caliber team BYU faced this year. They made the NCAA tournament last year. And BYU makes it to an 11-3 and record. They have one more non-conference game. It will be a lower division game as they welcome in Westminster on Wednesday night before beginning West Coast Conference play this weekend. Looking forward to WCC play, but BYU should be 12-3 and going into that. And I think, all things considered, a pretty stellar resume for the playoff committee, uh, not the playoff committee, for the NCAA tournament committee come March as they look at the non-conference schedule for BYU. And obviously, if they, if they have a good run here in the West Coast Conference, finish second, I think by my most people's uh, estimation, they should find themselves with a single-digit seed. The good news is right now, the West Coast Conference shaping up to be a very, very strong league. Four-bid WCC is still a thing as we enter West Coast Conference playing. That's very, very positive to say. I also wanted to give a shout-out from that game on Christmas to T. John Lucas. Seven assists to go along with 11 points. And was he throwing dimes, folks, showing off his ability to absolutely get it done. Trevin Nell had a nice shooting game himself. Did not actually have a good shooting game from the three points line, which is a little bit of a stunner. 1 of 5 from 3, but 5 of 10 overall. 15 points for him. And then Alex Barcelo didn't have to do much. He finishes with 9 points and kind of took a back seat to the rest of his teammates, but a nice win all the same for the Cougars as they take care of business and finish third at the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic there in Hawaii. The good news is BYU despite that loss to Vanderbilt, is in a very, very good position as they enter West Coast Conference play with regards to where their seating is in the NCAA tournament by both bracketologists' estimation. Joe Lunardi, kind of the uh, godfather of it all, has been doting these out all season long. Last I saw, had BYU as a seven seed still, and I don't think there's any reason to take them any lower than that. They may end up as an eight or a nine seed, but still... 
It's been a very, very good non-conference slate. And we'll talk more about how the non-con went for BYU once they wrap up play against Westminster on Wednesday. But I thought, yeah, the no call at the end of that Vanderbilt game aside, a very successful trip to Hawaii. And the one thing I think they learned about in that Vanderbilt game that they did not carry over to the Liberty game was the value of taking care of the basketball. In the Vanderbilt game, they had 20 turnovers. You cannot have that many turnovers and expect to have any type of success as a basketball team. It's my opinion those 20 turnovers were the ultimate doing in of BYU, but Alex Barcelo did his best starring performance trying to get BYU back in that game, and the fact that that referee decided to swallow his whistle rather than have the gumption to make the right call and allow BYU to have an opportunity to make it to overtime and give him an opportunity at the free throw line to tie that game... It it just, it irks me. And that's the thing about college basketball. It's always irked me. But the nice part is they went into that matchup with Liberty, cut it down to just 10 turnovers. Gideon George was the leading guy in terms of turnovers, had four of them in the game. But when you only have 10 turnovers, that is far more manageable, giving your opponent 10 more opportunities than you, you can manage that. When it comes to giving up 20 turnovers, yeah, that's uh, just a bit too much. And BYU learned that lesson, I think, from that Vanderbilt game and did not make that same uh, mistake as they went into that one. They doubled up Vanderbilt in turnovers. Oh, so officially 19 turnovers, but you know what? Same difference. 19 versus 20 is just way too many. And BYU cleaned that up as they went into that game against Liberty. And the good news was there was no Scotty Pippen Jr. to earn every star call and make a parade to the free throw line in the matchup with the Liberty Flames. All right, so there you go. Some of my thoughts on BYU basketball. Coming up here in just a minute, we'll begin our position group debriefings from the 2020, uh, 2021 season for BYU football. Looking back at how the quarterbacks performed, Jaron Hall, how did he do? How did his backups do? We'll get into all that. It's what we do at the end of each season. We do our debriefings. Looking back at the season that was, and we also may take a peek forward a little bit at what to expect in the upcoming season for BYU and spring ball, all that jazz. We'll do a little bit of that as well. That's all coming up here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you, though, in part by our friends over at Built Bar. And folks, if you did not get Built Bars in your stocking, there's still time for you guys to go and stock up before the new year begins. That is what our friends at Built Bar want you guys to do. They want to make the best tasting protein bars out there, and they want you guys to enjoy them. They're also offering all kinds of specials all the time. You got to check back at their website constantly, Built.com. New flavors dropping, new opportunities, new uh, different flavors. New, um, what am I trying to say? New products. They have like the uh, Fit Crunch Bar. They actually launched their own version of a candy bar that is still stunningly healthy. That's the best part about Built Bars. They are both delicious and healthy. Low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein and high in fiber. You will not find a better complement for your diet than our friends at Built Bar. Right now, you can go to Built.com, place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. That promo code is still the best in the business. Most people say you can get 10% off. Well, guess what? Use LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order at Built.com. Take advantage of it now. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com, and get in Enjoying the best tasting protein bars with our friends at Built Bar. 
Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. Make sure you guys check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. It features local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview is ongoing. You can get it free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. All right, let's talk a little BYU football. Our position group debriefing start with the most popular guy on BYU's campus if they're winning, and sometimes the least popular guy if they're losing, and that is the quarterback position. Yeah, we're going to start off right at the top, folks. A Monday, get you guys going the right way and reward you guys who are listening to us to kick off uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's. I know it's kind of a slow week for everybody in business, but you guys who listen to the podcast, you guys are getting rewarded. And what we do with these, just kind of a refresher for you if you're new to the podcast or if you don't remember what we did last year with these, I call them position group debriefings because we're coming out of the 2021 season. And by the way, Good news for BYU is they got their bowl game in. There have been five different bowl games affected now. Bronco Mendenhall's swan song with Virginia called off due to COVID issues within the Cavaliers football program. So he now sells off into whatever is next for him. I still don't think he's done coaching, but I could be wrong about that. I think he's just taking some time for himself and he'll get find his way back into the coaching ranks at some point. But the good news is BYU got their game in. Was it a disappointing result? Absolutely. It still irks me. But the good news is... BYU got their game in and they're not one of the teams like Washington State who flew to their bowl destination Uh, that was Sunday yesterday when they flew to El Paso for the Sun Bowl which is on New Year's Eve only to find out the University of Miami decided to call them a few hours after they landed and say you know what we actually aren't going to be able to make that trip so sorry about that and that's a that, that sucks for the Wazoo Cougars, and it sucks for all these other programs who have had their seasons affected. I'm hoping they can find replacement opponents for these teams. BYU's players have already dispersed, or else it might actually be an option, but they've been all over. I've seen guys in Hawaii, uh, Vegas, California, back on the East Coast. They have scattered to parts unknown, obviously, to enjoy some downtime before resuming classes and workouts in the upcoming winter semester, but... BYU now with these position group debriefings, we look back at the season that was for each position group. We evaluate the players, how they performed, and also talk a little bit about what I've gathered in terms of intel on guys who may have been redshirting or on the scout team, that type of stuff, and pass it along to you guys as we begin these position group debriefings. So it's a look back as well as a little bit of a peek forward. We'll do more of a full look ahead as we get closer to spring ball in March. We'll talk about each position group, guys who left uh, versus guys to expect to, to stand out during spring ball so stay tuned for those but looking back now at the quarterback position for BYU is I think that the overall tenor of the season for BYU is that Jaron Hall is very clearly QB1 Everything we saw from Baylor Romney all season long was that he is maybe the best backup quarterback in college football, but he is not starter material. And I don't mean to be—I uh, don't mean to denigrate the young man because he has been a loyal soldier to the BYU football program for his entire time. He's been in Provo, and I think he is more than content to finish out his days as a BYU quarterback in Provo. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe he does enter the transfer portal at some point and decide to go play elsewhere. But Baylor Romney. Let's start off with him real quick because he played the bowl game. Finished the season, 56 completions on 80 attempts, a 70% completion percentage for 779 yards. I had six touchdowns against zero interceptions, a QB rating of 176.5. So a very 
very capable player, but I think what he showed in the bowl game against uh, UAB shows that Jaron Hall, when healthy, is still far and away BYU's number one option, a quarterback. Jaron Hall, unfortunately, couldn't play in that bowl game or wasn't cleared to play in that bowl game. He finishes the season with a 63.9 completion percentage, very healthy there, 2,583 yards, 20 touchdowns against five interceptions, Uh, took 13 sacks on the year, a quarterback rating of 150. 56.1. I think overall, Jaron Hall is going to be QB1 for BYU until he decides he's done playing or he's out of eligibility, whichever comes first. It is my opinion if he has a good year next year and Jaron Hall can stay healthy, that is a huge question mark right now for this quarterback position group. We'll talk about that here in a moment. If he has a big year during the 2022 campaign, he could very well decide, you know what, I'm old enough now, I need to go take my shot at the NFL, whether it's as an undrafted free agent or a late-round draft pick. He needs to have a healthy season to help his draft stock in that regard. Now, the, the situation BYU found themselves in the, during the season was that Jaron Hall got himself injured, Baylor Romney gets himself a concussion during that game against Utah State, and then suddenly Jacob Conover is thrust into a position that maybe was a little bit big, too big for him. Jacob Conover, a former four-star prospect, a guy who had offers from the likes of Alabama out of Chandler, Arizona, a guy who was very highly thought of. Some people were crowing that he could could be the starting quarterback this year, but never was able to ultimately win the job. He is a guy that I think, as he continues to grow, needs to continue to show and continued improvement. He is a very good quarterback. Let me be clear about that. He finished the year. He played that uh, spot duty against Utah State. Five of ten completions, 45 yards, so nothing to write home about. But his thing is, I think he is a very good quarterback. But the problem this year was, and the reports I heard out of Provo were that he did not continue to progress as they thought he might, speaking of the coaching staff. As long as that continues to happen, there's no reason to think that Jacob Conover will not be a guy who can't be a starting quarterback for BYU at some point during his career in Provo. This is a kid who I don't think is in any danger of leaving BYU. I think he loves being a Cougar. It's it's the program he rooted for his entire life. He's always dreamed of playing for BYU, so I don't think you're going to be necessarily watching the transfer portal for him to leave. I just don't see that happening. Granted, I have been stunned before by guys deciding that they're done and moving on, and he could do that. But I think if he continues to progress, he is very much in the mix for whenever Jaron Hall is done, Jacob Conover will absolutely be one of the guys who is competing to replace him as BYU's starting quarterback. Well, who might be competing alongside him? Well, it depends on how long Baylor Romney wants to hang around BYU. If Baylor Romney is Decides he wants to stay around BYU for the entirety of his eligibility. He is, he is still technically a redshirt sophomore. It's just stunning to think about. He could actually be a one-year starter for BYU when Jaron Hall decides to call it quits. Because Jaron, oh excuse me, Jaron is actually a redshirt sophomore as well. So they have the same eligibility. So I guess the technical situation is that if Jaron Hall decides after next year he is leaving. Baylor Romney could stick around and end up being QB1 for one season as a senior for BYU. Well, that means Jacob Conover as a freshman still very much in the mix for whenever that job does open up and he's given that opportunity. He would be competing alongside a guy like Baylor Romney, but there would be other guys who are absolutely in the mix. The one guy to pay attention to is a little bit of a peek ahead, a guy who I heard rave reviews about with regards to competing on BYU scout team, similar to what I had heard about Jacob Conover during the 20- 2020 season. Let me be clear about that. Jacob Conover 
according to people who are very much more in the know than I am, he was one of the best quarterbacks on BYU's roster in the 2020 season while he was running the scout team. He just gave BYU's defense fits all year long. Well, similar reviews came out of scout team this year for Cade Fennigan. The transfer from Boise State, his dad is a former BYU football player, spent one year at Boise, stunningly enough, was the starter for Boise due to some issues they had in that matchup against BYU during the 2020 season. Well, he is now at BYU, and I have heard absolutely incredible things about this young man. Six foot two, 190 pounds out of Dallas, Texas. A guy to keep an eye on down the road for BYU as he will be eligible this fall for BYU. He had to sit out this past year because he missed the transfer portal deadline to be immediately eligible. So he sat out, was on the scout team all year long, but going into spring ball this year, he will be in the mix for BYU. So keep an eye out for him. He wears the number 11, but he is a guy that cannot be counted out as a guy who is thought to be a guy that could potentially make a big move up the roster if he is given the right platform and he capitalizes on his opportunities. Now, that doesn't discount guys like Soljay, Mayava Peters, Rhett Riley, or Nick Billups with their opportunities as well because obviously all of them will be looking for opportunities to earn playing time for themselves. But I'm telling you what, what I heard about Cade Fennigan all year long was that he just consistently day in and day out, got the job done. Does that mean he's going to come in and challenge for QB1 against Jaron Hall, the incumbent? No, absolutely not. I think, as I mentioned, Jaron Hall, he is the guy for BYU going into 2022. Barring him suffering some freak injury that knocks him out for the season, you are going to see number three at the controls of BYU's offense and hoping that we get to see him for all 13 games during the 2022 season. The problem is with Jaron Hall is his track record suggests he is probably only going to play what 10 games in a season nine games 11 games at the very most because he is injury prone that is the label that's being affixed to jaron hall right now if he can prove he can stay healthy that will help his draft stock but Right now, you've got to expect if you're Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover, and in the case of Kate Fennigan, you've got to think, okay, if I can submit myself as the number two quarterback, I'm going to see myself getting some playing time during the 2022 season. Just because number three is probably going to pick up some kind of knock that's going to knock him out of one, two, three, four, how many ever many games, and that will give me an opportunity to get some playing time. I still think the inside track would go to Baylor Romney just due to his familiarity with with the BYU offense and the fact that he has done spot duty starting for BYU for seemingly the entirety of his career in Provo so far. But do not discount the opportunity for a guy like Jacob Conover after another year of development or a Cade Fennigan coming off a very good year on the scout team for them to come in and say, you know what, that's my job. I'm taking that away from Baylor Romney. I do think you may see one or two of these guys hit the transfer portal. I'm thinking of some of the guys on the back end of that roster. Rhett Riley already entered the transfer portal last year looking around for opportunities. Soljay Maiava-Peters at some point may get the itch and decide he needs to jump. And Nick Billups, he's already transferred once. He was at, BYU, he was at Utah excuse me, before transferring to BYU. Who's to say that he doesn't say, okay, maybe the writing's on the wall. I need to go find another spot for myself. But I've had people tell me that Nick Billups, he is a good enough athlete. He can play multiple other positions potentially. 
potentially as well. So keep an eye out for position changes in that regard as well. So there you go. My breakdown of BYU's quarterback situation. I think it's very much status quo for the time being for BYU as they move forward here. But I think the overall takeaway from the quarterback situation in 2021, folks, is that when Jaron Hall is right, when he is 100% healthy, he is as electric as any quarterback BYU has seen in many, many years. And that includes a guy like Zach Wilson. Jaron Hall runs it as good, if not better, than Zach Wilson. And I'd say better if he's 100%. The thing about that Zach Wilson had over Jaron Hall is the touch on his throws. Jaron Hall is a good quarterback who has a live arm, makes all the throws. But think about it. It is as polished an arm as you will see from a guy like Zach Wilson, and Jaron Hall just does not have that same polish. Can he continue to develop his arm and refine it? Absolutely. But I think the biggest thing is, is that BYU's quarterback situation is its knock is its health. The fact that these guys cannot stay healthy for the entirety of one season, that mainly goes to Jaron Hall. If he stays healthy, BYU should be set up for more success in 2022. Should challenge for 10 wins once again, 11 wins, who knows. But they need to get steady quarterback play. You cannot find yourself with your pants down with multiple quarterbacks out due to injury and then relying on a guy who seemingly is the moment's too big for him. That's what I felt like with uh, Jacob Conover. He was just thrust into a position where he was like, oh, hey, I got to do this now. They need to have as many as three guys ready to play. It's readily apparent on BYU's roster right now at quarterback is that the injury bug is a question of when it will happen, not if it will happen. So there you go. My thoughts on BYU's quarterbacks coming out of the 2021 season. Tomorrow, we'll flip over the defense. We'll talk about BYU's cornerback group. Lots of potential there, similar to BYU's quarterback position. Some nice uh, production as well, but injuries were a chief concern during the 2021 season, and we'll explain about more about that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news from the long weekend. We'll touch on a few things there, and as we round out today's show, we'll also talk a little bit about what we're going to do this week to give away BYU basketball tickets against the Westminster Griffins when they come to the Marriott Center Wednesday night. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at Bet Online. They've had you covered all all holiday season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football continues its march through the college bowl season, and hopefully fewer and fewer bowl games are affected, but I'm guessing that more and more are going to be affected. But nonetheless, you also can take advantage of their opportunities with the NFL with the pro football playoffs on their way as well. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 150, excuse me, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, so don't way to take advantage of all their new amazing offers that are available now at betonline.ag. That's once again courtesy of our friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, before we go on this Monday edition of the show, two notes for you guys. is Congratulations to BYU senior offensive lineman. I should say former BYU senior offensive lineman James Empey. He's been named a Pop Warner College Football Award finalist. It is an award. He's one of six finalists for that 12th annual award. It's established in 2010 to recognize a senior who has made a difference on the field, in the classroom, and in his community and serves as a role model to Pop Warner's young student athletes. The award will be announced in January. Of course, uh, Empey be a team captain for BYU for two years, a 41-game starter for the Cougars, a former freshman All-American, as well as a 2021 preseason All-American uh, by Phil Steele and Athlon Sports. Congratulations to James, and here's hope, and he gets the opportunity to win that award. Uh, previous winners include guys like Prince Amukamara out of Nebraska, Braxton Berrios from Miami, C.J. Conrad from Kentucky, Michael Pittman Jr. from USC, and then last year's winner, former Notre Dame and current New Orleans Saints quarterback Ian Book who replaced uh, uh, Taysom Hill in the lineup for the Saints in their matchup tonight on Monday Night Football but still some very cool winners of that award and best of luck to James hopefully he gets his opportunity to celebrate with that award but we'll keep you updated on anything that comes out of that now also I mentioned we were going to get you guys know how you can go about winning tickets to the Westminster game for BYU men's basketball on Wednesday night we here on Locked On Cougars have a pair of tickets we've been awarding to our list Listeners, every home game all season long. Well, it's been a long time coming because BYU seemingly been gone forever from the Marriott Center. Well, they return Wednesday night at 7 o'clock to take on Westminster. Westminster, obviously, a Division II foe for BYU as they round out non-conference play. But there is one player on the Westminster roster who has BYU ties. And there are more ties than just one. But this guy has the distinction of actually having been on BYU's roster for some time before ultimately landing at Westminster to play basketball there. If you can tell us who that player is, give us his name, you will be winning those pair of tickets to watch BYU and Westminster play on Wednesday. The way to enter to win it, all you got to do is email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. If you tell us that player, you correctly identify who it was, the one player on Westminster's roster, and if I missed one of these, I apologize. I only saw one, but if you can identify the correct player who has been on BYU's roster as well as being a star player for Westminster now and you can identify who that is the first person to identify them correctly you will win those tickets to the Westminster game Wednesday night at the Marriott Center so best of luck to you get on it quickly because obviously this is a very well, it's a fairly simple question to answer, but whoever gets the first answer correctly to our inbox at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com, you are going to that game. All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you for your support of the podcast, as always. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great. Had a great weekend. Of course, we'll be back with you guys again soon, talking all things BYU sports. In the meantime, have a great rest of your day, and make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked on Cougars. You can find my work, my personal work, Jacob C. Hatch is the handle on Twitter. And until next time, this has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for December 27th, 2021. And we will catch you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.